Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Hello and welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. Uh, I have a guest with me here today and I absolutely love doing interviews because you get to see the other side of how people actually build businesses and what it takes to take something that you're passionate about and turn it into a reality and be able to weed through all that stuff that shows up along in our journey. So I have with me here today and actually an old friend, Joanna Stravakaki. Hi, Joanna. Welcome. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. So we'll get into your journey, but uh, I've loved connecting with you because we actually became friends when we were both going through that journey in the fitness industry. (laughs) And I think fitness is such a great gateway for a a massive personal growth. And, you know, I've seen, you know, yourself evolve and I've definitely evolved since that, since that time. So we met back in Ottawa and you had started a clothing brand at that time. And where it is now and now you're living down in California and the evolution of that, I I really want to dive into with our listeners here. But let's start back at the beginning of what brought you into fitness. I had a friend who was actually competing at the, I think it was the UFC, uh, not UFC, um, oh my God, Ultimate Ultimate Fitness Competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were so many back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember she invited me to go watch and I just thought, I was like, hey, that'd be really cool to try. I want to take the challenge and give it a shot. So that got me into competing, really. That was the first competition I did from there. But I was always into fitness. I played soccer for 15 years of my life. I was a goalie. Um, my mother was a goalie as well. Everyone in my family was into sports. Um, there's something I always love to do. And then during that process of doing my first competition, I decided I want to be a personal trainer <laughs> to further my, you know, my knowledge in the industry. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of went, took off from there. I became kind of addicted after the first show. So mm-hmm. <laughs> as you kind of did as well, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's addicting. I, I love that you use that word. You get it's the high, the, um, the, the goals you put on yourself, the, the proudness that can come from like standing on stage and being like, yes. oh my God, look what I did to my body. So it definitely becomes addicting. Did you feel yourself get sucked a little too far into that world and that's why you stopped? Or what stopped you from competing? <laughs> I actually was at uh, Nationals in uh, Alberta. And I got very sick backstage. Mm. Um, I didn't make it to um, the night show. I got on stage prejudging, and I didn't really, I didn't really talk about much about it because I didn't want to have any negativity towards anybody. I was coaches or friends or anything. Um, I just kind of wanted to get out of the industry slow, like very quietly, without having you know, because social media can be crazy and people write all kinds of things. I just didn't want that. Mm. Um, I uh, was completely de- dehydrated. Um, I passed out after, after um, prejudge in my hotel room and I was rushed to the hospital. And uh, I had uh, heart um, palpitations and I wasn't opening my eyes. I was like not even there. And they took, I think it took four bags of saline to wake me up. 
Oh my goodness. Um, so I was, they told my mom I was, I could have died. So that kind of was my... That's a good reason. That's a really good reason. My reality telling me, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. time to stop. Um, and I just didn't want that. I didn't want, I didn't want to die. I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want to destroy my body. Because yeah. um, it does. It, eventually, if you go too far, it can really do damage, which as I'll discuss later with you about my growth and changes, um, it's put a, a problem with my health actually throughout these last seven years after. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. so. I think that's something that we don't realize. And I mean, we look at how long ago that was when we're maybe in our 20s and we're younger and it's more about the vanity and the ego type based goals. But uh, yeah, even for myself, like I put implants in my body because of that and, and I got sick because of it and I still have adrenal issues and digestive issues. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people think about the, the ramifications of an extreme, extreme sport like that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I have adrenal issues as well. And I have uh, hormone issues now from it and mm-hmm. all kinds of things I'm, I'm, I'm fixing, but it's going to take some time for sure. Yeah. But we have to look on the, on the bright side of that is it, I mean, we wouldn't be talking today if it wasn't for that. I would not be where I am today and probably for yourself as well with the connections that you made in the fitness industry and your love for fitness. So you have, you have a clothing brand called Stenos. And I find it really unique because you have paired together your love of art and you know your own art and creations with clothing. So you went to school for art, correct? I did, yes. Okay. I would love for you to take us into how that journey began and how you merged art with fitness. So I did a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in New York at SUNY Plattsburgh. Um, so that was my, my thing. And then I also... Prior to that, I got into Richard Robinson School of Fashion Design in Ottawa. So fashion, art, you know, were always my, I loved those things as fitness as well. Um, But I couldn't sew. So I decided to go for the art instead in New York. And um, I went on after that to do a master's in art history in Carleton University and curatorial studies and uh, probably in a year in, I decided it wasn't for me and I wanted to produce my own artwork. And that's kind of the time where I found competing after that point. And um, I wanted to start, I never saw real art on activewear. And I found I was so, I'm going to say addicted, I was so addicted. I found it hard to do my art and compete at the same time. There was like, it was just difficult to concentrate because as you know, competing, you have to really focus hard on that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? In the gym and lifestyle. And I was like, wouldn't it be really cool if you could combine my two passions, art and fitness in one. And that's kind of just how it happened in my head. And then the first thing as I did, I, I trademarked the name, which is Thanos, which means strength in Greek. And um, I started off doing screen printing in Ottawa on t-shirts and hoodies with my artwork. And I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and I produced for men and women. And honestly, at first it was just a hobby. It was just something I was like, oh, this is cool. I love this idea. Let's just try it out. So I went to the trade shows. I did the Toronto Pro Super Show for, you know, the, the expo there and a little bodybuilding shows. And, you know, it was fun, but I wanted really to produce my own line. I wanted to design my own pieces and um, that just couldn't be done in in Ottawa and even Montreal at the time because of the um, 
China taking all the production overseas. So it was very difficult to find that. But that was my goal. I wanted to produce it myself. Mm-hmm. So what was the point where you realized that you wanted to go like full on into this. So so aside from wanting to design your own pieces, was there any resistance or a thought process, maybe some anxiety between before going full on in? There was always anxiety (laughs) for sure. But I think in some ways we make trial and errors too, but I was in the point where I was like, let's just go for it. And I didn't really, (laughs) at the time I didn't think of as much as what would happen at that point. And now I'm kind of, now I understand the process and what happens and what you go through to build a brand and a business. But at the time I was kind of a little bit fearless, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah, which can bite you sometimes too, right? I think that, I think that's the beauty of it because I was the same way. I was like, fitness was a hobby. I was helping women yeah. like for, as a hobby. And I, I think sometimes if you know all the steps and, and the magnitude of what it takes, sometimes that, that causes so much fear in people that they don't even get started. So yeah. kind of that, that ignorance on fire can be to your benefit. Yeah, and then you get in, you're like, oh, exactly. <laughs> well, let's do this. So you decided to obviously move to California you moved to LA. Was that a hard decision for you to, to uproot and move? Um, I've always been really good at moving places. I've lived in Europe. Uh, I was in New York. I never had a problem. I left home, I mean, because I went to boarding school in Connecticut at, a, at 14 years old. So I didn't have a problem leaving home. I was, I mean, it was, it was a challenge for sure. I mean, I left everything. Um, it's funny because I never wanted to move to LA. I had no desire to be in Los Angeles. Um, I had written to, so before Shark Tank became big, um, now it's huge. I wrote to Damon John about my brand and what I do. And he's an art collector, loves art, loves fitness. You know, he's a connecting with bodybuilding.com. He has all kinds of things there. Um, And he invited me to come to New York. So he was kind of mentoring me a little bit. He wasn't wasn't investing. My brand was not at a stage where I felt comfortable yet. Someone going all in and investing because... It wasn't at a point where I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted the production to be flawless. I wanted the marketing to be like to be able to really um, what's the word uh, reach out to people. Like it really made sense, and that's all really hard things to to do. Um, so he actually brought to me to LA. He introduced me to manufacturers and. Um, uh, production managers in Los Angeles because I, I honestly had no idea where to go. Um, it wasn't my industry. I was learning from scratch. So he brought me there and um, we produced there for a while and it got to a point where I was going back and forth to LA from Ottawa and I was just like, you know what? This makes more sense if I move because I also wanted... One thing in business I'm pretty sure too is you have to be really careful who you trust and you don't know your brand more than yourself. That's one thing I've learned. Mm. And you kind of have to watch the people you work with, especially in production, manufacturing, all those things. So I wanted to be there physically to see everything happen and be made and approve samples instead of having them to send it back and forth to me. So that was kind of my thought process in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how long ago was it that you moved? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like LA? I do. I do like LA. It took me a while to get used to. It's a very different place than Ottawa (laughs) in Canada in general, I think. Yeah. Okay. Tell us the differences. What's it like down there? It's so fast paced. Everyone is trying to be something here. Um, Everyone's relentless. I find that 
you have to be careful. There are amazing people here. But I've learned that everyone wants to know who you are, what do you do, what can you do for them? It's not always about, you know, they don't, some people do want to help, but that's very rare, I find here. Like, you got to be careful. You got to take care of yourself, really, here. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that the hard way. I'll tell you a little more about it later. But yeah. um, it's just different. You know, driving. I've never seen traffic in my life. Like, here in Los Angeles, it's insane. It's the only place, I think, in the world that you go by the time you get there, then mile, kilometers or miles or, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, so you moved, you started working on producing your own clothing. What, uh, what started to snowball when you got down there? Um, I had to find proper manufacturing. I had a facility um, that actually lied to us, um, showed us a product that they said they made, which was incorrect. Um, they did not make it. It was another factory that produced it. So this factory didn't even produce activewear. So I had all this, you know, pieces produced and the samples came out and I was appalled by, you know, it has to hang right. It has to look right. I mean, a sample is basically your final product that you show and then you just do mass production after that if you approve the sample. So it's got to be flawless. Um, That was, you know, I went through quite a few manufacturers and that was probably the hardest point uh, when I first moved here was to find the proper production. Mm-hmm. So you design your your art. It's you know it's more of a um, uh, an abstract type of art. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. abstract. Yeah. Yeah. So you design your art, and then the art is put onto the fabric. Where was there any issues with taking your actual pieces, or what is that process of of taking a piece of art and then having it put on fabric? Um, it's a sublimation process. So basically, your art is like sewn bled bled into the fabric so um you can't feel it there's no kind of like if you do like a screen print of like a plastisol or something you can feel that print um and you have to produce a whole roll so it's not just you do you can do sections but then you waste fabric and it's easier just to produce a whole roll of fabric Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a process it's a whole process and you have to have a certain amount of polyester in the fabric to be able to print it that way otherwise it won't print properly and then you have to do sample yardage and to make sure that when you even I mean I know when you stretch it that the color doesn't get lighter or the image won't stretch so yeah yeah there's all kinds of factors I have to deal with. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm asking all these questions, like just learning yeah, about different industries. <laughs> we take so many things for granted. I mean, the clothes that we buy, that we wear every day, the, yeah. the thought process and the steps that go involved so that it's actually a product that people enjoy wearing and, and looking at and reusing again and again. Um, and probably things that you didn't even think about, you know, going into this journey either. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So... With getting down there, with having this production um, issue, you're, you're comfortable with, with who's producing your clothing now? Yes. I think I went through five manufacturers before I found my manufacturer. Yeah. But yeah. I think like that's the process in general. So whether you're even looking for like a coach to work with or a software to work with, it's, I think so many of us are naive in, this, in the process that it takes to actually find someone good to work with or, or a product to actually work with. So so I'm glad that you're happy with that. What were some other things that had to come into place for yourself down there? Um, I had to hire uh, other people to help me out. It was very difficult running things by myself. Um, 
it's, there's just so many factors that, I mean, you have to deal with, you know, um, cause I'm, I'm here on, I have an, um, I need to visa business visa. So there, there's taxes I have to pay now between Canada and the United States. And then there's an LLC and I created the company here and, um, trademarking, I had to properly, uh, trademark here. And that was a problem too, because I had a, I had a trademark troll come after me. Oh, so it's somebody, I don't know if you know, but, um, basically there are people who will, if they see someone's name coming up, they'll try to take that name before you do. And then they'll try to get a bunch of money out of you in order to give your name back. Mm, people do that with web domains as well. Yes. So if you're yeah. searching for web domains, if you don't buy that within the first like 24 or 48 hours, someone will buy that. Yeah. I mean, and then you have to get a sales rep. Um, problem is if you're not known, no one trusts you. So it's very difficult to do that. So you really literally have to wait it out and just keep showing up. Like you cannot quit. It's, it's crazy. Like you have to be at every trade show to say, Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still alive. And then slowly people will be like, Hey, I know that brand. I know that symbol. I know that, you know, I know that name. Um, slowly, but it takes time for sure to build up. Yeah. So how many years have you been doing this now? I created the LLC here in 2016. 2016. And when did you start this in Canada? Was that 2011 or 12? 11. But it was, yeah, it wasn't actually like a, it, it, I didn't start in LA doing marketing and actually promoting the brand fully and getting PR and all that things. Probably, I mean, 2000, end of 2017, 2018. That's kind of where I started really pushing it. Yeah. But I mean, like the evolution has been, it's been an eight year evolution. And I I definitely went the, (laughs) I went the growing slowly way. But I'm sure there's like many lessons in between there. So what has been, if you can even pull out like a couple big lessons that you've learned or things about yourself that you've noticed that the massive growth in? I've learned that you have to be tough, that you have to remove emotion from business. You cannot, um, your business, people you work with, um, especially in my industry, they can't be your friends. You have to keep it as a business solely. And that got me into some trouble with some former employees, which cost me a lot of money, (laughs) a lot of time that was, you know, in my time, it was a bit wasted for my brand. Um, But I learned from it. And I'm just very careful now um, Mm -hmm. on who I hire and how people, I mean, now I find I'm better reading people in business and and meetings that I have. Um, When I'm hiring, I'm trying to hire a rep. I can understand, you know, um, I, I, I know the words, I know the signals now, I know how the body language is. It's just, it's a process. I'm a very nice person. Like, (laughs) like normally I'm just, but in business, you have to be tough. You have to be hard. Um, and you have to remove your emotion from it. Yeah. It's like developing a whole other side of yourself. It is. It's kind of scary. I'm like, I'm like you too. I'm like, I love everybody and I just want everybody to love me exactly. and let's be friends and like, let's just make some money and build a business and live life. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm like, oh, the other people in the world don't think like that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, so with art and fitness being a passion and now it's, it's a career. Have you had to balance the, your passion for art with like the business side and, and the work component of it? Has that been a struggle for you? 
Um, yeah, it is. It's tricky. We don't have a lot of employees. It's very small. And I, I my, myself and my other employee, we wear a lot of hats. So we're doing the marketing. We're doing the, we're doing everything really. Besides, um, but I've been doing a lot of painting lately, and I'm actually having my first show in next weekend here in LA uh, to launch my new collection um, here. But um, I mean, the art for me is relaxing um, when I don't have to think about it as work, which I don't. The art for me is not work. Stenos again is also not work because it's something I'm passionate love. But it can be very stressful at times. Um, I'm not an expert at marketing. I'm going to be honest. I'm not. <laughs> and SEO and all those things, which play a huge part in retail yeah. and online. So, and I think, I, I think it's good to to notice like where your strengths and your weaknesses are, and then and allow people to help you because as yes. you build, like you don't have to do it all yourself. I think also what I learned is like I learned to ask for help. I would always be like, no, and I can do it myself. I got this, no worries. And now it's like, nope, I need help. <laughs> you gotta help me, please. Yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, I guess I was proud. Like I just, I knew I could do it, but then it got to a point that my health was being affected by it. Um, I couldn't, it, it just got really, it got really bad for me. Um, and I'm still now recovering from what had happened from the stress. Stress got to me, yeah. but now I know how to ask for help. Yeah. I think, I think we all struggle with that from a control issue from obviously we don't want to spend money that we don't have to. Um, I know for myself, I'm like, well, if I just do it myself, I know I'll get it done right and I'll get it done as fast and in the timeline that I want. Um, But I I think as like, as we grow as as people and, and as business owners, it's learning to give up that control. It's learning to trust people more. It's learning that okay, my time is not best spent here if I pay someone you know, a much smaller wage than, than what I'm worth. So uh, I'm glad that you're, that you're leaning into that more and more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So you, just, you mentioned that you were, you were sick there. Uh, you know, we don't need to go into details if you don't want to. If you want to, that's fine. Um, you know, was that, how was that for you? Because obviously, you know, as small business owners, like we are the business. And if we're taken out of action, that, that impedes the business as well. So what was that process like for you? And, and was that challenging? It was very challenging. I mean, I, I discussed with you prior, but um, yeah, I, uh, I came back from visiting my family and uh, came back to LA and I was sick. I was very sick and I ended up being rushed to the hospital. And uh, my colon twisted mm-hmm. and they rushed me to the emergency and I was operated on the next morning. Um, I had a sigmoid vulvus colon, they call it. And it was two knots in my colon, which they actually removed and then reattached my intestine back together. That was a turning point for me, for sure, that um, I, can't, I can't stress myself out like I used to. I used to just not think about my health. I used to not think about what stress does to the body. And that was a wake up sign for me. Um, it took me a while to come out of it, but I was able to maintain everything I need. I was lucky that I had still an employee who was really doing double time for me as I was recovering. And my family's always been so, my, my mom and my, my godmother has been always really supportive in everything I've done. Um, I'm still kind of coming out from it for sure. It's, I'm just getting back to, you know, last couple of months I've been back to training and working out normally and eating has been an issue because, you know, they take, they had to remove my, my intestine and then reattach it. And it's a whole, it completely disrupted my digestive system. Um, 
But uh, I don't think Stenos suffered from that. I think, though, I realized I was taking on too much myself and that my body just said, I've had enough. Um, And that's when I really started thinking, rethinking of some things I was doing for the company and reducing, you know, um, some employees in some areas to make things run a little smoother. Things I didn't want to do. Like, I, I don't like, I don't like letting go of people or firing them, but it's just things I had to do in order to get better. Um, cause if I go, you know, Stenos is gone, right? Yeah. There's no Stenos. Um, so it's, uh, it was just pretty crazy, but it's okay. Yeah. I think the universe lands situations in our lap at, at, at the right times, right? Um, and sometimes if we're meant to be making decisions that we're not, we're kind of forced to either step back and reevaluate things or take some action steps. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But you know, I think on the other side, like we even just hearing you talk, there's been some enlightening moments and, and some good shifts happening. I, th- I don't think that we pay attention to stress enough. And I think that stress is like, it's such a buzzword and everybody hears about it. And it's one of the, some of the, like, it's just like white noise. But until you're in the midst of it and there's been a traumatic event, then we don't ever change. Um, I was very much like you too. And it's only been the past, like, I would say year that I've kind of backed off of work and added a lot more balance into my life because like when it's your business and your brand, it's your baby, yeah. And if you're passionate about it, and I know that you love what you do, you're like, I'll just do it all day long and I'll do all of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah, but then there, there is that, that work-life balance. So was there any signs or symptoms or maybe some red flags that were popping up before the actual event? No, I mean, that morning, I remember I was very bloated and like, dist- like distended to a point that I was like, what's going on? And I thought, okay, maybe it's, I don't know, something I ate, right? Because that happens after you're competing. Your body <laughs> can't process certain vegetables anymore. And it's all, you know, so I guess maybe this case. Um, and that was it. And then an hour after that, I started vomiting, on, like just constantly. And then I was like, all right, this is not normal. <laughs> um, I had sharp pains. And it just came out of nowhere because I, would just, I just came back from visiting my family in Greece. I was fine. There was no symptoms of it. Three days after I arrived, everything just happened. Mm. Yeah, it was very strange. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're on the mend now. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about failures. Um, I think people can feel a bit vulnerable talking about failures. Um, I think we feel that sometimes we need to be perfect or that business and growth needs to be a complete uphill, you know, adventure. Uh, when I think like the failures are actually some of the best things that, that can, that can help us move forward. So have you had any failures or major setbacks in, in your journey? Yeah. Um, we had, Starting in the beginning, when I first moved to LA, we had a production run that um, it was completely faulty. Um, we lost thousands of dollars on it. And uh, I could not sell it. Um, basically, your choices are if you have a massive amount of production that you can't sell, um, you just send it to China, you get $1 per piece. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling that. <laughs> It's a loss. Um, I ended up donating it to the battered women's shelter in Los Angeles instead. Um, But that was a big, that was scary. That was a, that was me just first starting my company and having this massive loss. Uh, 
pretty, I mean, I was determined to continue, but it was very difficult for me. Mm. Um, there were some other things I had, uh, I think, I mean, there was some, an employee I had, which um, I trusted with everything. And uh, there was a big betrayal there, which was very devastating for me. And um, that's kind of why I guess now I'm more careful with who I trust. And it's hard to say that because I want to trust people. I'm a very trustworthy person. I want to trust. And it's been hard to trust after what I've been through with certain people um, here. Um, Yeah, no, it's just been, and sometimes, you know, sales at the beginning aren't as, it's discouraging to see things when they don't happen or go through. I had a PR company as well that just wasn't converting to sales for me. And it was just upsetting to see I'm putting all this money out, all this effort and nothing's happening. So I have to say there's a lot of, there's been a lot of failures. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of have to accept them and move on. I, lo- I, l- I learned not to look back of what's happened in the past and just kind of try to focus on the now and the future, which can be difficult sometimes, but um, I've learned to accept failures in my life and just yeah. kind of push, keep pushing forward because that's the mentality I've always really had. Um, I was born with a nonverbal learning disability. So um, I always worked double time, I guess. And I had to learn different ways to achieve different things in school and university and high school, whatever I did. Um, so failures, I don't know. I just been always very relentless is the word I'd say. I'm very relentless. Yeah. And I think like that's, that's such a, an amazing strength to have, uh, especially in business. Like we need to be relentless. And, and this is why I ask these questions and, and it's important to get these messages out because those wanting to start a business or in the middle of it, we yeah. look on Instagram and see everybody's like perfectly curated life. And we're like, Oh, why is my yeah, life not a highlight reel like that? <laughs> But, you know, like yeah. that's, that's the reality. And if you're not relentless and if you're not resilient, then you, yeah, then you give up on the way thinking that it should be easier. Yeah. But, and I think it's like you have to portray, even for social, it doesn't matter. Like for me, even if things aren't going well, you know, if I'm having issues, I always have to portray that things are great, especially for the brand. Oh, of course right? for the brand. Yes. Because if, a buyer or, you know, or a retail store or whatever, a rep or whatever looks at your product and looks at the page, they have to see it perfection. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, just, it's yeah. sad that we can't really share those things, all our struggles, but yeah. that's how it works. Yeah. I think that's interesting too, because, you know, a lot of our listeners here are service providers or, or coaches, but when, and you made such a good point there about like a product, you know, like a product brand, it, it has to be flawless. Do you find that very stressful? Yes, <laughs> I do. Um, I mean, I know my brand is, I mean, my production, everything I do, it's, I mean, I, I look at everything I do. I, I choose the fabrics. I know it's an amazing product. Like my I spent a lot of time research, testing, um, you know, everything, um, you know, researching the, what's trending, the fit. Um, but just the fact that you have to create this such a perfect image when life itself is not always perfect. And I think that's something my brand stands out for is that it's the strength 
um, you know, it promotes women and their drive and the strength it takes to do certain things in life. And that's kind of what Thanos stands for, strength. Um, so yeah, no, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. Like sometimes I just want to, I mean, there are people who, you know, you got to do a photo shoot to properly showcase your brand. You got to put on a, a, the right model. I mean, there are brands that put these, you know, products on cookie cutter kind of models and perfect waist, perfect chest. Like women aren't like that. Mm. Like they just aren't. <laughs> Unless they're going to do like an hour of fast cardio a day and having a top diet, right? Mm. Those are the, you know. Um, so I try to show, I mean, I do have products that show, you know, skinnier and model products, but I really want to start showing real women wearing my clothes. So that's the kind of new venture I'm kind of changing my marketing into. I want to show real everyday women who are fit, who love to be fit and work out. They can be moms, they can be, you know, anybody, you know, a biz, you know, businesswoman for any kinds, but that they're not like looking airbrushed perfect. Yeah. So that's I love, the I love that. I love that. I think that's so it's so needed now. You look at body image and and the issues that women have and the expectations that are put on us. I mean, heck, we were right in the middle of it too with with the fitness industry itself. Um and I, I think I could see that probably being a struggle from like an integrity standpoint too. You're like, yeah. well, this is what the industry says I should do, but this is what I want to do. What I learned is you really have to find your niche because the industry is so um, saturated here, especially, I mean, fitness, athleisure is one of the biggest building billion dollar industries right now and just in climbing. It's not, it's not slowing down. And um, you just have to find a way to differentiate yourself from your competitors. And I just think that's something more I stand for is I'm just, I'm all about the real. Um, I, 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 I did the times where I was, you know, ripped and crazy abs and amazing glutes and everything, you know, it gets tiring. I just want to show that that's not real. What's real is everyday women doing what they do, doing what they love, working out, having a great time. It's just, that's what's real. And I think that's really what um, my next marketing will be about. Yeah, I, 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 I'm all for that. I think that's totally needed. Um, you even look at the way that, that social media is flowing. Like I think, so when Instagram came out in 2012, and then we kind of got into like all the highlight reels and the Photoshop photos. And I think there's a big turn happening with everybody who is tired of looking at perfectly curated lives and bodies and, and images. Um, we are looking for more real, more truth, more authenticity. But I think, um, you know, those of us who are stemming towards that have probably had a big growth experience ourselves. So have you noticed, and maybe it's been with your health scare too, that you're more accepting of who you are and how you want to show up and that's why the brand is changing? Yes. I think also having my brand has raised my... I've always been confident, but I've become more confident in myself. Um, I used to have issues speaking. I used to have like a, a speech, speech problems, speech impediment at one point, cause I would get all nervous. Uh, and now I just, I have more of a confidence when I speak and I know what I'm talking about. And it's just, it just, yes, my confidence has grown for sure. Mm, the yeah. brand. Yeah. I think confidence is a, a huge topic with, with business, um, to even get started, to keep going, to, to make you, you know, believe in yourself. And I've learned that it's, it's definitely, there's no destination when it comes to that. No. 
yeah, because of everything that we're looking at or, or our goals. Um, where would you, how would you describe Joanna when she started versus where she is now? I was shy. I wasn't as confident. Um, I was very obsessed with um, my, my physical, like how I looked after competing. Um, I was unsure of a lot of things. I was a little bit scared. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably... Yeah. Just it, there was I've grown leaps and bounds. It's been it's been a quite a journey for me, and it's still still get even. There's still the journey still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how would you describe yourself now compared to that? I'm very matter of fact. Um, I remember prior I would be afraid to tell people how I felt and what I really thought of things and how you know. And now I'm very. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm very matter of fact. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to swear, but yeah. I don't take any bull anymore. Like I don't let people walk over me. I'm very, you know, which I did in the past. I was a little bit, you know, I, I was too kind. I was too nice. I was too, all these things. And now I'm just, I'm still kind and nice, but yeah. I'm careful now who, what, where I spend my time and who I put my efforts into. Um, mm. Because I've learned, I've learned from some experiences. Yeah. You have to protect yourself, right? You have to protect yourself. It's really important. Um, and I think it's also important as business owner that you know every aspect of your brand. So, I mean, for me, I wanted to know how, how people are getting the, you know, how the money's going out, where is it going? Um, what's the process of sewing? What are the names of the, each piece of the product? Um, I want to know everything so that I could know if someone sent me something um, I could tell them, you know, what to do, or also if someone was taking advantage, which did happen to me quite a bit here. Yeah. Um, so I would be aware. Yeah, but it, it's it's so great that you've leaned into that growth. Um, like even as you're you describing yourself there when you started, I was like, oh my god, like that was me too. Yeah, like yeah. You're shy and you're timid, and you're like, oh, I hope people like me, and I hope yes. I make a difference, and. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because even when, you know, two years ago when I went into business coaching, I was right back into that, like, oh, like, what am I doing? Can I do this? Like, do I know what I'm, I'm talking about? Um, and then like, even with, with coaching in different aspects as well, it's, I'm, I'm definitely getting a lot more grip behind me because I'm kind, I'm passive. Um, like I just, you know, want to be friends with everybody, but when it comes to business, there's that whole other side that you need to develop of yourself so that you actually get done what needs to be done and, and that you're not taken advantage of and, and the results show up. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly. great. Have you, um, have you done any personal development or any topics that you've loved to learn about or, or some tools that have, have helped your growth along the way? Um, <laughs> this is funny, but uh, I had to learn to reduce my stress. Um, so I would go do yoga maybe once a week, hot yoga. Um, I would take the time to breathe during the day. Um, I would really almost turn my phone off maybe once a day and just have my, my time. I think social media can get to us and we're constantly browsing and looking and it's really important just to get out of that headspace and just relax. And I had to teach myself to relax and I'm still trying to teach myself to relax. Yeah. Um, I know I was listening to, there's an app called Headspace. Yep. 
So I use the Headspace. I use this um, sleep, this sleeping app as well. Um, I'll use calming music to go to bed. I just anything just to get out of that uh, out of my head because I feel like my head is always thinking. Oh my god, I, I oh. so I so hear you there. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like it's just like a big like bobblehead walking around all the time. Yeah. So and I had to learn to just do things that were like self self love self care. You know, I was, I was hashtag self love self care, but it's true. You do need to take care of yourself. You do need to find ways to, you know, um, decrease your stress and do things that are important to you mm-hmm. um, at times. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I had to learn because I've always been a very giving person and always wanted to help people before myself. I've always wanted to make sure they're happy before I am. But then I had to learn that if I'm not here, then what is there, you know? And I have to learn to take care of me also. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that, you know, starting a business or on a business journey, it's almost like the best personal development journey because you need to get better or else the business doesn't grow or get better either. Yeah. So it, it's, it's takes, it takes consciously aware people to say, okay, yeah, I'm feeling more stressed here or I have anxiety or I can't get out of my head or how do I calm things down? So I think that's awesome that, that you've leaned into that. Um, yeah. Have you ever suffered from burnout? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've, yeah, I've burned out a few times, <laughs> I have yeah. to say. And I've definitely broken down a few times. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I noticed that I was always tired. Um, no matter what I did, ate, um, my blood sugar, I remember, was dropping. I was shaking. Um, I would wake up sometimes with shakes and I'd wake up tired. I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another thing I had some testing done recently to discover what's going on with my body. And that's why I'm now on the road to fixing whatever's been happening. Um, but yeah, no, my, my, my body was tired. It just, it gave out. Yeah. Yeah. Burnout's a, it's a pattern for me too, that it's getting further and further apart. Yeah. Um, and I love studying high performance, but I find that there's a lot of high performance uh, like study or resources out there, but it's really driven from men and it's not from the female perspective. Um, I actually think I'm going to write a book on this because I've been leaning more into like, how do women be high performing? Because yeah. we need to come into a very like masculine driven type of industry, like business and, and becoming more like of that masculine energy, which can yeah like flatline us like crazy. And it's been a pattern in my life for so long that I, like I'm, I'm still trying to learn and, and, and cope through. So that's, that's why I asked that. So thank you for sharing. Especially, especially here. It's, I mean, as a woman in my industry, it's very difficult. I mean, you go downtown um, where we produce and go to the factory because you're a woman. They think you don't know sometimes the same as men know about things or, oh, she can't do this. So I'll do it for her. And then, but that's just how it still is. I mean, I know women are coming up more, but there's still this male dominant business. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. still is. Yeah. And I find like the more women I talk to as well, how we recharge is very different from men as well. It's uh, like, like Joe, my partner, like, oh my God, he's a little firecracker. I don't know how he just goes and goes and he might have like one down day and then he's like, good to go again. Whereas for myself, like there's a lot of self-care practices that need to be put into place or else like, I just can't function. So. Yeah, and with my, um, with my stress, my, my cortisol levels, I mean, I, th- I don't know more women, I think women have this problem more than men, but we're 
like insanely high. And then my entire lifestyle of training had to change because the higher intensity of your workout, the higher your cortisol will go up. So it was just, everything had to change. Even now I'm, I'm taking, you know, certain supplementation just to bring it back down. And in the, I mean, when I saw the doctor, they were like, I've never seen a cortisol spike like yours. I'm like, well, that's great. It's scary to hear because coming from a fitness, you know, competing background, a fitness background, my body doesn't respond the same way because of the stress I went through. So it's like, it's a battle. It's frustrating, but you know, I've, I've learned from it and I'm not as obsessed anymore, which I think is a healthy thing (laughs) for sure. And I'm just kind of letting it take its time and just get better. My health. Yeah. It's interesting what you said there with the cortisol. Uh, when I went back to school for holistic nutrition, I, uh, one of the things I learned was that women have to be careful on their stress levels and how much cortisol is being output. Uh, because when we go into menopause, we actually, our, our adrenals actually produce a little bit of estrogen. So when our ovaries start to you know, shut down and go through that process, our bodies will rely on our adrenals for that estrogen dripping into our system still. And it's women who they go through menopause and like they suffer in menopause with hot flashes and mood swings more if they've had a more stressful, you know, a burnt out adrenal life. So that was something that really stood out for me. Wow. So, which is why, like, I try to bring in a lot of self care because I think as women, like, trying to run businesses and manage stress, we need to think about our health further on down the line because we won't recover from it as fast as men do. No, it's true. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Is there anything else you would love to share with our listeners here? Any tips or insights or lessons or anything that we haven't covered? Um, I think you'd have to know that um, what's important is that you always uh, believe in who you are. Um, Never give up on yourself, no matter how hard it gets. Um, That you are the best reflection of what you represent. And you shouldn't want to change um, you should not want to change anything about yourself for somebody and you should never should have to. And you should always be yourself. I think that's the best thing I could say because people forget that so much, especially in the social media world, that we have to be something else. Mm-hmm. We have to be the new fad. We have to be the new diet. We have to do this. We have to do that. No, you don't have to do anything. You do what's right for you. Um, and I think that's what I've really learned, that you have to do what's right for you. Yeah. Um, you can get lost in it all, right? There's so many things. I mean, I've, yeah, I've heard some really crazy things. Like I was at a Pilates class and all these moms were on the Pilates machines and they were like, oh yeah, this, the, the, the keto diet is amazing. And this diet's amazing. And I'm just like, oh man, if you ladies, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> like I'm just not going to say anything right now. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just see that a lot. And I know people write tags about it, but it's real. Like you really have to take care of yourself. Well, I think as human beings, like we're natural, like we're seekers. Like we, we love learning. We love growing. Like we love knowledge. We love bettering ourselves. And I think like, yes, it's great that there's lots of resources or ways to do things, no matter what you're talking about. Um, But listening to yourself and listening to your body and your soul and like what you want coming into your own is like the best thing you can do. And like, I even... I even catch myself sometimes following other people's brands and I'm like, ooh, I need to be like so-and-so or I need to do this. And I think it's so easy with social media to get sucked into so many other expectations and we're not even like listening to ourselves. No. 
No, you have to listen to yourself. You have to be true to who you are and 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 confident in who you are. You do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Joanna. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. So if we want to creep you and find you, where can we do that? Um, so Stenos, at Stenos on Instagram. Our website's stenos.com. Um, and then my personal is at jsstabrakaki on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody listening here, go check out her brand. So it's S-T-H-E-N-O-S. So Stenos. Uh, you know, your pieces are amazing. They're, they're very unique and they're one of a kind. Uh, and, and I think like even like hearing this backstory that this is actually your art um, is even more like fabulous. So yeah, thank, you. thank you. So this is the fulfillment project and I end every episode with one question. So what does fulfillment mean to you? Hmm. Fulfillment for me, I mean, this is going to kind of weird, but um, I feel most fulfilled when um, I'm helping, helping others. Um, I think that would be for me what fulfillment is. It's not so much doing things for myself, but it's doing something for others that will make their life better or help them out. I've always been, I mean, my, my family background, my mother is a psychiatrist. We, you know, always, we've been a family of, of helping people. Um, and that's kind of my, where my fulfillment comes in when I can help someone is my, what, what fulfills me the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Like, Oh, we can be self-centered. We can focus on our own needs. And yes, we have to, but that doesn't really bring you joy. It's seeing other people's wow. joy from, from our own acts. Yeah. Yeah. And also, especially here, I find that, I mean, people have a lot of money here, but money doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't. Um, you know, there are billionaires who are miserable, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's fulfillment for sure. Would be just, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's why I call this the fulfillment project because you can chase things and you can chase stuff, but like that happiness comes from it comes from inside, and I think it takes sometimes realizing all the external things that oh, okay, so that didn't make me happy, and that didn't make me happy. Um, yeah. So I love that you said that about the billionaires, and yeah, it's, it's, just, so, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, Tony Robbins says like the definition of fulfill, failure is like having success and being miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Joanna. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 